Then Jesus went around teaching from the village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. <clears throat> and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Then they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed with oil many people who were ill and healed them. Great. Thank you, uh, Mary. Um, let me just pray as we open up God's word. Father God, as we've just heard um, from your word, we pray that it would become something living and breathing in our lives that would have an ability to challenge and encourage us now. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to do your work in bringing your word to life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are going through the book of Mark, and um, partly because Mark is the, the, the shortest of all the Gospels, and we're trying to fit in a series between Christmas, so we're calling it the crib to the cross, um, so going from Christmas all the way up to Easter, and celebrating the life of Jesus and trying to follow all the things that he did and said and be able to learn from that. So we're setting all those things alongside our lives and making sense of our lives through um, the Mark's gospel. And um, what, what we come to today in the, in the passage uh, that we've just heard is, uh, is we're following this kind of turning up of the dial uh, by Jesus. Jesus was turning up the di dial on his disciples, the people who followed him. So um, in Mark chapter 1, we heard uh, from uh, about what, what first happened, and it was this, it's Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. So that is, uh, that's the initial call. So the call then was to watch and learn. So the disciples uh, started following Jesus physically. They started following him and watching all that he did. And they were learning from what he did um, by watching. Then, uh, and I almost missed this one, uh, but in Mark chapter 3, it says... Um, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and they might send them, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. So uh, they've been called already. Then in uh, Mark three, they get appointed. So so Jesus appoints the disciples uh, for a work. Um, that he has specified what it is. Um, he's not yet uh, sent them out to do it necessarily, but he's told them what it is. So I, I, the way I picture it is, is 
initially they're just following him, they're watching, they're learning, um, and perhaps uh, they don't feel the sense of urgency in what they're going to soon be doing. Then Jesus appoints them, so um, now they're going to be watching, but they're going to be actually watching. They're going to be actually learning because they know that it's going to be used at some point. So um, if you've ever taken a test, uh, well, well, if you've gone to school, um, often the, the, the teacher will say, and this will be on the test. And immediately everybody wakes up. They're ready. They're ready to learn in a different way than just uh, than knowledge that isn't going to necessarily be put into practice. So this is uh, Jesus highlighting the fact to them that this is going to be on the test, guys. You've got to start watching. You've got to start learning. You've been appointed to do something, and that something is that you will be sent out to preach, and you'll have authority to drive out demons. Those were the two examples that he gave. Um, so that's Mark chapter 3. Then there's a bunch of other things that happens. Uh, and then we come to Mark chapter 6, which Mary um, read for us, which is the actual sending out. This is the, uh, if, if we're doing, um, th the theory test has already happened, now this is the practical. They get in the car uh, and they're ready to drive with Jesus. And you can imagine uh, there would be a whole slew of different uh, responses to that. You, you could think of Peter, it's, it's fun and interesting. If you've watched The Chosen, you'll see different, um, different kind of personalities within the disciples. They would have had personalities. And you see with Peter, you can read it into the Bible very easily. He was kind of impulsive, very um, kind of bullshit kind of guy, and he would uh, do all sorts of things without thinking. He was probably desperate to get going. As soon as he was appointed, he was probably thinking, Jesus, come on, I, you've told us we're going to do this. When are we going to do this? Others were probably absolutely terrified. Um, they knew it was coming, and they were dreading the day that Jesus actually sent them out to do the things that they've been watching him do. So, track that for a sec. Where, If you were receiving this call from Jesus, and we'll just take a, a, a moment. If you were one of the disciples, uh, where... Where might you be? We'll just have a quiet moment to think about that. Where might you be? Would you be um, absolutely uh, desperate to get going and talk to people about Jesus, healing people, sending out, uh, driving out demons? Or would you perhaps be uh, n more on the nervous side of things? Just think about that for a moment in a, in, uh, in a quiet moment. Anyone brave enough to share how they uh, how how they imagine their response would be to Jesus? Then I know which category we're all in. We're all a bit <laughs> nervousness is okay, and I think there was one of uh, of the disciples' um, responses for sure. So I'm going to, I've got, man, this is, I've gone for it with uh, multimedia today. We're going to do some maths, and I've, I've translated that from my original American. Um, so we're going to do some maths, we're going to um, do some work on the whiteboard, and we've also got a little um, leaflet, which you've all uh, gotten. But what I'd like to do, because we're thinking about, what the, the essentially what I'd love for us each to feel, 
by the end of today is that we um, have been called. We've been called, but we've also been sent. We've been called and we've been sent, okay? Um, and so uh, we're going to get practical uh, with those points. So the call, I think we get these two things mixed up sometimes, but the call was what? Does, any, does anybody want to venture a guess? What was the call of oh, when people, well, I'm, I, can't, I can't ask the question in a different way or else I'll give it away. Um, the call was to what, Jesus? You know the answers. <laughs> Follow. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. So, so we've got Jesus here, um, and, and the call was directional, um, and it was to follow, to follow Jesus. He was going a certain place, and the call uh, was to follow. And in following, what would they have seen? If their, if their role was to apprentice under Jesus and their role was to follow him and learn from him, learn the way that he was going, what were some things that he, they would have seen along that way? Just shout them out. Sorry. Healing, excellent, yeah. You would have seen healing ministry. We, read a, um, we had that last week. Anyone else? Service, serving, serving the poor, serving those in need. What else would they have seen as they followed Jesus? Sorry? John? Yeah, they would have seen John. Actually, John was the closest disciple, so they, uh, they would have seen John and followed John behind Jesus. That's a great point. Um, what were you going to say? So people, time with people on the margins, is that? Weather changing, say, say more, say more. Calming the storm, okay? Okay, what else, one more. Faith. And forgiveness. Excellent. We'll put both those in. Faith and forgiving others. Okay. So you can see this is uh, they're 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 following Jesus. This is a, a directional um, thing going on there. As they're walking behind him, they're learning from him. They're discipling under him. They're uh, becoming an apprentice. Has anybody here ever done an apprenticeship? Excellent. You're on one right now. Um, anyone else? No apprentices here. You, or, you, or people might be nervous that I'm going to single you out. But um, so, so we've got people following as, as an apprentice under Jesus, learning all the things he would do. And then comes our passage today. And so we've got Jesus in the middle again. So this is them being called, and this is them being sent. And so 
hear the direction changes, they're not following, um, they're being sent out, and they're going in all sorts of different directions, and they're um, doing the same thing, uh, but to different places, with different people who are going there. That guy's jumping. Um, and so this is the picture I think we need to uh, carry with us as we look. We're all called. Um, we're all sent. I think as a church in the West, we focus almost, not exclusively, but predominantly on getting serious about being called, learning what it means to follow Jesus. We're, we're learning the morals, the ethics, all the things that Jesus taught about. We're learning from him by watching him. We're learning from uh, Jesus by hearing what he said. And we're trying to apply that to our lives, our kind of character. Um, so we spend a lot of time on this, on the coldness of us as Jesus followers. I think a lot less in the West do we spend time getting practical about being sent out. But actually, a disciple um, is one who is called and sent. That, the, that's the kind of completing uh, the circle. If we're just called to Jesus, then, um, then I don't know what we are, uh, but we're not quite a disciple because we're not actually taking the apprenticeship in its fullest form and, and following through on the things that Jesus actually told us to do, which is to go out and to be uh, a witness for him. So... Let me find out where I've come to on my sheet. And this um, this call, this calling, and then this sending out is is not just something that's unique to Jesus. Not something that's just unique to the disciples that he called behind him, but it was the way that God was always operating in the, the Bible. So the, in this, in all his dealing with human history. Um, Abraham, he was sent to Mount Moriah to sacrifice Isaac. He was called first to him and then sent out. That was his task. Jacob uh, was called and then he was sent, sent to Egypt. Moses was called and then he was sent to bring God's people back from Egypt. The call goes out. Uh, and then, uh, the, then when, when one comes to follow Jesus or to follow God, then they're sent out uh, with something to do. And this sending out, there's lots of specifics in today's passage about it. And, um, but I think there's all sorts of things that could be said about them going out in twos and what they carried and all the rest. But uh, I'm going to summarize it all with this, uh, this, which I read in commentary. It said, reduced to its simplest form, the law acknowledged that the sent one is as the one who commissioned him. So they're sent forth as appointed representatives of Jesus in the legal sense of the term. So Jesus sent them out two by two, and uh, that had significance because witnesses were always um, in twos. You had to, for it to be a good witness, you needed two. There was all sorts of practical reasons around being sent out as a two as well. But, um, but I, right now, we're going to get onto our little worksheets that we each have. And if you don't have one, raise, raise a hand.
Great, so we should all have them. Um, and those who are mathematical um, will have to forgive me because I'm sure this, is, is it okay? Um, Richard, you're mathematical. It's awful maths, yes. I, I assumed that this would be the case. <coughs> I, am, I was never good at maths. Um, but you're going to have to just over, overlook that, and we're going to play with it anyway, um, because the idea is that you are sent. That's because that's, uh, my understanding of maths is in the parentheses, you deal with that bit first, and, uh, and that, then, um, that then will determine, uh, well, that, that happens first. So, so you are called and you are sent, and that equals discipleship. That's discipleship done well, okay? And then the next one is you are, you are sent, because this is the bit I think we need to focus on. This is a bit that often gets left out of, of uh, our discipleship. You are sent. That's the truth. But to make it actually true, practically true, Jesus gives this, his disciples um, ways of doing that, how to understand the sentness of them. And so we're going to look at each in turn. Um, so the first one in verse 7, uh, he says, you are, he, he sent them out. So there is no further um, detail than that. They were just sent out. So they were going out and being representatives of Jesus in places that Jesus was not a representative. So they, they were kind of bringing the, the truth of what Jesus' story um, was about. They were bringing healing. They were um, doing all the things that Jesus did in places that had not yet responded to Jesus. So they were sent out. Later, um, in, well, in Matthew, it gets expanded to say the lost sheep of Israel. That's who they were sent out to. Um, then uh, the next one we were looking at on our little equation is you plus who. So they were sent out. We know that they were going out, and we know that they were going two by two. They were each had a partner. There were six pairs, and they all went out with somebody else. Okay, then the next one is uh, minus what. That's, that's what that's meant to be, um, because they were leaving behind all sorts. So we're going to take some artistic license and some mathematical license here, but I'd like us to, to look at each of those in turn in our own lives and to get, uh, to get really serious and practical about what this will look like Monday morning, not just what we hear on a Sunday, but what we'll respond on a Monday. So let's get practical uh, on the where. Okay, um, so they were sent out, and it doesn't say much more than that, to the lost sheep of Israel. That, that's um, what it said in Matthew. But where have you been called to? Where have you been sent? What are the opportunities that God has placed in your life? If you're a Jesus follower, um, then um, I won't make the assumption that everybody that comes to church is, is a Jesus follower. People come for different reasons. But if you follow Jesus... Um, then your call is to go out. Where is God calling you to go out? And I, and I would suggest, and we're going to have a moment to just reflect on this, um, but I'd suggest it's unlikely to be somewhere across the world um, unless that's been stirring um, in your heart already. It's more likely to be exactly where he's placed you, the opportunities he's given you, the friendships you have, the uh, communities that you're a part of, where has God sent you or where is God sending you? 
And let's just take um, just just a moment to reflect, and I'll just pray. Holy Spirit, we just um, want you to do your work amongst us in sending us out afresh. So we pray as we go through each of these that you would bring to mind the people, the places, and the things uh, that you are calling us to make decisions on. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just listen and see uh, if something comes to mind that's specific to each of us about being sent. Perhaps um, something's come to mind. If it has, uh, then then write it down. Um, perhaps it's something completely new, something that you've not thought of before, but an opportunity that God's placed in your life. Or perhaps it's something that you are are a part of every single day, and you've known clearly that that's the call God has on your life. The next is plus who, and we're not suggesting that you're going to go necessarily knocking on doors in twos, uh, you know, with or without a black suit. Um, but, you, uh, but you are called to have support. It might not look like walking around together in that area that you feel called to, whether it's your workplace um, or whether it is um, a, a club or a, a team that you're a part of. Um, but you are called to be supported. God, uh, God does not tell us to go and do this alone, and we wouldn't be able to do it um, even if we tried. So who is it that is traveling with you? So that's why I put a little plus there. Plus who? P who's your plus one on this journey? And it might be a load of different people, but who is somebody who is supporting you in your apprenticeship under Jesus, not just to hear the things, but then to respond and to do the things that Jesus called us to. So um, I'm just going to give us a moment to uh, reflect on that question, to allow God's Spirit to bring to mind somebody who um, might be that for us already, or somebody that we might be able to ask uh, to be that support to us um, going forward. And let's just take a moment and do that in the quiet.
or perhaps somebody came to mind, perhaps a person was um, a surprise or it's somebody who you absolutely know already as a huge support to you in your faith journey. Um, but write that down if, if you've got somebody. And if you don't, um, uh, like, well, speak to Mary and I, um, because I think this is so crucial in the Christian journey um, that, that you have somebody, if not multiple people, um, who are supporting you in your faith journey. I've got a spiritual director, um, which sounds very fancy, but it's basically somebody who, who helps um, challenge me in my spiritual walk um, and think through things in, in a different way. It's like counseling, but um, uh, counseling towards Jesus. Um, and, uh, and I've got a mentor and all sorts of things because I know that my life will not look like Jesus um, has called us to look like if I'm not putting huge amounts of support around me. I, it just won't happen. Um, the world is too strong in its discipleship work uh, on, on each of our lives that if we don't have the people around us, it's just not going to happen in the way uh, that we're called to. So pop something down. If, you, if you've got that one blank, then speak to Mary and I at the end because we'd love to try and help uh, you think of who that could be. The next one is it's meant to be a minus what. So what do we have to subtract from our lives for this, uh, this call to be, um, this, this sentness of our lives to be lived out? Um, in, in, the Jesus, in the the disciples' um, example, Jesus said to them, take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whatever, and then it goes on giving more detail on how they should live out their time. There's all sorts of meaning within that. There's uh, it, that, that I could expand on. But, but for today's purposes, I would love for us to think, um, well, actually, uh, you probably, if, if you've not said it yourself, you've probably heard this sentence um, said this week. Um, something along the lines of, Oh, I just don't have the time, or I'm so busy. Uh, it's it's uh, or something along those lines around how busy and frenetic the the lives that we live in Surrey are. For us to make room for this call to go out, we need to take something out. This is not the this is um, this is taking some artistic license because Jesus is talking about very practical things, um, but for us to be able to live out this call, something will have to give, almost, almost definitely, something will have to give in our lives. We will have to lay something down to be able to make that journey and to uh, go out and to follow him into our um, being a representative for him in those places we're called to. So what is that? It could be actually something about um, a belief that you have of yourself and your ability. It could be um, leaving behind fear. It could be uh, leaving behind um, uh, the fear of man. I think that's often one, the, the idea of uh, us being rejected, the fear that we might be rejected if we say something about Jesus. might be our desire for comfort. That's often the thing that stands in my way, my, my desire for comfort, not to... Um, to yeah, shake, not shake the boat, rock the boat um, and make things uncomfortable in relationships. 
what is it that we leave behind so that we can make this decision to go out? And so let's just reflect on that for a moment, and then we're um, coming to uh, a close. So reflect on that question. What do we leave behind for this to actually happen? So perhaps something came to mind. If um, if you're still thinking, uh, the I think anything that is going to hold you back from um, making this a reality in your week um, is something that would have to go. One of the things in in um, this part of Jesus's Jesus's instructions are about the urgency of the message. Um, there, there's there's a there's a sense throughout all this instruction that um, there's an urgency of the need in the message. There's an urgency to go out and to talk about Jesus. And that urgency is still the same today as it was uh, in Jesus' day. We've got people all around who are living um, a life that is not as Jesus uh, intended and are um, not responding to his call to follow them not awakened to the love that God has for each of them. So anything that uh, stands in your way um, towards this call is uh, a good one to pop down onto that line. Right. So we've come to the end of our practical homework. I'm not going to um, I'm not going to uh, take them in or mark them in any way. I suppose my hope and my prayer is that making it practical, making it very um, specific will help us to live out this thing that we, we talk about a lot being called, we talk about a bit being sent, but actually how much do we live it out? How much do we actually live out the call to follow Jesus and then um, being sent out to new people to tell them about Jesus. If I was being honest, um, I, I'd, I'd say baseball is where I, on my baseball team is where I feel sent to. Um, how often do I take the courage to speak to them about, uh, about faith? Um, probably not very much if I'm being completely honest. Um, because I know all this stuff. I know uh, what, it, what it means to be called. But actually, this is the scary stuff. Um, and this is in uh, the, the fear of rejection. That's probably what I need to leave behind. The fear that they might um, see me as foolish or uh, might, might well, I mean, they already, already make fun of me a bit for being a vicar, but, um, but they might make fun of me even more um, because I'm talking about Jesus. So what are the things that we need to leave behind to live out um, this central call that is on our lives as, as Jesus followers. I'm just going to um, 
read this passage from John um, as uh, as we finish, and then I think we'll uh, we'll worship together in just a moment. So John chapter fifteen says, "You did not choose me." This is Jesus speaking. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So that is our call um, as disciples. Let me just pray as we um, as we finish. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all the work that you've done in each of our lives, that you've brought us here today. We pray that if we are your followers and we desire to live out that call to follow you, that you would give us the courage to to go out. We pray too that your spirit would go before all that we do and would bring fruit. That the things that we do would bring fruit for your kingdom. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.